turn your attention to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. We're reading, we're reading verses 16, 17, and 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, 15. Let's start at 16. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Strong words. It doesn't say rejoice sometimes. It says rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And give thanks in everything, in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And then flip over to Romans chapter number 1. Romans 1 verse 21. Everybody knows this. Uh, Romans 1 21. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks, the Bible says. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. So far, that is the scripture. And my topic tonight is grateful, even in times of trouble. Grateful, even in times of trouble. I, I have an illustration for you that I'm going to read now just to kind of set the table for what it is that we're going to talk about. And it starts like this. It says, it is gratitude that prompted an old man to visit an old broken down pier on the eastern seacoast of Florida every Friday night until his death in 1973 he would return to this old pier walking slowly and slightly stooped over with a large bucket of shrimp the seagulls would recognize him and flock to the old man and he would feed them from his big bucket of shrimp many years before this in October of 1942 Captain Eddie Rickenbauer was his name. He was on a mission in a B-17 aircraft to deliver an important message to General Douglas MacArthur in New Guinea. But there was an unexpected detour which would hurl Captain Eddie into the most harrowing adventure of his life. Somewhere over the South Pacific, the Flying Fortress, which is what the B-17 was called, became lost beyond the reach of radio. Fuel ran dangerously low. I guess Brother, Brother John knows a little bit about this. So the men ditched their plane in the ocean. Not that. John doesn't know about that. But for nearly a month, Captain Eddie and his companions would fight the water, fight the weather, fight the scorching sun. They spent many sleepless nights recoiling as giant sharks rammed into their raft. The largest raft they had was nine by five, and the biggest shark they saw was over 10 feet long. But all of their enemies at sea, for all of their enemies at sea, one proved the most formidable, and that was starvation. Eight days out, their rations were long gone or destroyed by the salt water, and it would take a miracle to sustain them, and a miracle did occur. In Captain Eddie's own words, in his notes, Cherry, as the B-17 pilot was called, 
Captain William Cherry read the service that afternoon, and we finished with a prayer for deliverance and a hymn of praise. There was some talk, but it tapered off in the oppressive heat and with my hat pulled down over my eyes to keep the sun uh, and the glare out of my eyes, I doze off, he writes. Now, this is still Captain Rickenbauer talking. Uh, something landed on my head. I knew immediately that it was a seagull. I don't know how I knew. I just knew. Everyone else knew too, but no one said a word. But peering from out of my hat, Without moving my head, I could see the expression in everybody's face that they were staring at that seagull. The gull meant food because they were starving, if they could catch it. And the rest is, as they say, history. Captain Eddie caught the gull. Its flesh was eaten. Its intestines were used for bait to catch more fish. And the survivors were sustained and their hopes renewed because of this lone seagull, uncharacteristically hundreds of miles from land, offered itself, as it, as it were, as a sacrifice. You know that Captain Eddie made it because he wrote the story. And now you also know that he never forgot and was super grateful for that gull who gave its life because every Friday evening, about sunset on a lonely stretch along the eastern coast of Florida, you could see an old man walking, white-haired, bushy-eyebrowed, slightly bent over, his bucket filled with shrimp. This was to feed the seagulls, to remember that one seagull, which on that day long past, gave itself without a struggle, like manna from heaven. And this was his gratitude. When I read that, my uh, my head got fat. You know what I mean. Um, I, and I and I think like Captain Eddie in our story, um, gratitude should be something that comes naturally to the Christian, uh, particularly those of us who practice following Christ as closely as we can, especially in tough times. It's always easy to be grateful when things are looking good and everything's on the up and up, running smoothly. You got money in the bank. Your health is good. Children are behaving. The family is thriving. I mean, the future looks rosy, man. And so it's always easier to lift your hands in good times and, and, and open your heart and thank the Lord for his goodness to you. However, just like the Apostle Paul in our text, 1 Thessalonians 5, and, and, and Eddie, in our illustration that I read, I'd like to encourage us to remain thankful and grateful even in the midst of adversity and uncertainty. When, when things are not so great, uh, when, when you don't feel well, when your car breaks down, when your children are sick, when the grocery bill is way higher than normal, and it looks like you're on the verge of losing your job, I'm here to remind you that this is also a time to lift your hand and give God thanks for everything in your life. With gratitude, with gratitude, research tells us comes a whole host of other benefits like greater awareness of God's presence, 
like increased trust in his word, increased faith. With gratitude, the joy is sweeter. Decreased anxiety, all of which will serve to energize us when we feel beaten down by the pressures of life. And like 1 Thessalonians 5.18 tells us, in everything, good thing, bad thing, everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. And this includes both, both good and, and, and bad things, right? Like I said. But when we don't understand why God allows us to go through trials and, and maybe even suffering, we may let our situation extinguish a grateful spirit. I know that happens to me from time to time. I, I, I not forget, but I, I lose sight of what God has done. And I let my present situation fill me with fear and dread. And, and, and I start questioning God. Instead, instead of having a grateful spirit and rejoicing and praising God for who he is and what he's already done, I focus on the pain and the troubles that I'm facing right now. However, I have found that when I choose to be thankful in every situation, despite how I'm feeling, I reap many benefits and promises that are laid out in scripture for us to glean. Now, of course, there are several prominent passages that speak about gratitude in the believer's life, and I'm just selecting a couple here. The first one we read, 1 Thessalonians 5, and, and let's pick verse 18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus, right? That's the first one. So that is evident from the Bible that the Lord desires, listen to the word choice, the Lord desires that we have a grateful spirit, no matter, no matter our circumstance. That is his desire. Even in the midst of pain and hardship, we can always thank him for breath in our lungs, sight in our eyes, this, this beautiful salvation plan for our lives. So we couldn't do it ourselves, but he did. We can thank him for his presence and for his ongoing work of I like to call it this. I like to call that the Lord is cleaning me up day after day. Because I fall again and he picks me up and he, he dusts me off again, sets me back on the road to eternal life. The next verse I'd like to share is Ephesians 5.20. Similarly, it says, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to our God and Father. So here again, although we are told to thank the Lord for all things, uh, we know that this doesn't include the things that are contrary to God's will, right? We know that. However, we can thank him for whatever he allows in our lives, according to his sovereign will, knowing that he promises to what? Work all of it to the good of us, to them that love him and are called according to his purpose, uh, Romans 8. Now, we know sometimes it doesn't feel good, right? It doesn't feel like all of this is going to work out. But the Bible tells us that he promises to work everything for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We won't always see the good immediately or maybe even during our lifetime, but it will pass through to our children, maybe. And we'll certainly know about it when we get to heaven. But gratitude 
demonstrates our unwavering trust in the Lord. And I like the word there, unwavering. We trust God regardless of what's happening around us. So, so the why, right? We've been talking about the why. Many, many preachers now lately, now that the beginning of the year started, we have to be focused on our why. Why should we be grateful to God in everything? Well, gratitude keeps us continually aware that we are walking in his presence. And this contributes to a godly life. And as spirit-filled believers, we will never walk alone because the Holy Spirit lives within us. No matter what happens throughout the day, we can thank him, knowing that our all-loving, omnipotent, and omniscient God is helping us to walk through it. Now, you may feel buckled over. You may feel the sting of a difficult challenge, but know this, that God is with you. The Bible says he will never leave you or forsake you. And when you feel like your knee is about to give way and you just can't handle it anymore, I encourage you then to look heavenward and cry out to the Lord. He promises to make a way out of no way. He promises to give you grace to handle you, handle it. He promises to hear your cry. Oh, my. And he will answer by and by. Amen. Now, he may not, he may not deliver you right away. But the trial, the trial may, may specifically be designed for you not to tear you down, as my former pastor, Arthur Thomas, used to say, but it's designed to strengthen you for the next challenge that you might face. He will provide the grace and the wisdom so that you can understand and then find the courage, the grit, the grit to deal with that circumstance. That's a why. The next why, gratitude motivates us to look for the Lord's purpose in everything that happens to us. Uh, we may not see it right away. It may not be obvious, but the Lord's in it some way, somehow, because you are his child. Come on, somebody. And so, yes, unexpected trials or suffering may cause us to question God or, or feel as though he's forgotten us. But he has promised to bring good from even the worst of circumstances, even the worst of experiences. And so whether we understand or not, we can rely on his trustworthiness and thank him for the good he's promised to produce in our lives according to his will. Again, Romans 8 and 28, and we know that God works everything to work out for the good to them that love God and are, call and are called and are called according to his purpose. Another why. Being grateful brings us into submission to God's will when we are suffering pain and heartache. In the midst of emotional and physical pain, we may not feel very grateful at that time. But that's when we should start expressing it verbally. Speak it into being, I like to say it. As we keep thanking him verbally for that which you expect him to do, eventually our feelings will begin to match our words. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. It has happened to me. God knows the weaknesses of our human emotions and, and he understands all too well that our thanks may just be words in the beginning, but he does honor, watch this, he honors our obedience because he says in everything give thanks. 
<laughs> and if you obey that, baby, you know, if you obey that and choose to express gratitude in your time of difficulty, I'm reminded of Samuel, Samuel in 1 Samuel 15, verse 22, Saul and disobeyed the Lord. And the Lord said, Samuel, to him. And he had his, his, his excuses, right? Uh, that, that he didn't kill all the Amalekites because he wanted to keep back his, his servants, his, his followers had kept back the best part of the, the sheep and the goat for themselves so that they can offer it as a sacrifice to the Lord. But here's what Samuel said, verse 22. What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice. Listen, he said, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken or to submit is better than offering the fat of rams. In other words, Saul, just do what I say. Obey. Obey is better than sacrifice. Amen. We're talking about our whys, our whys for being grateful in adversity. Being grateful reminds us of the continual dependence upon the Lord. God despises a spirit of independence that, that denies our need for him. If your independence is such that, you know, you feel like you don't need God, those of us who are, <laughs> who are self-sufficient, you know, and proud in it, and have an attitude of, listen, I did it my way, baby. Or they'll say, you know, I got my Rolodex. I can, I can figure out where, where my leads are coming from. If we continue to be that way in our attitude, we will find ourselves falling into ingratitude. And in reality, we are all dependent upon him for every breath we take. Oh, we may not realize it until we face a situation that we are powerless to overcome or change. But adversity shows us our weakness and drives us to the Lord. And a mature believer lives in absolute dependence upon God every day. Rejoice in our hearts with a grateful spirit and trusting spirit, knowing that no matter what I face, I am grateful to the Lord because he, he is there for me and I'm not independent of him. So never let your, your independence and your I did it my way spirit overshadow what God has done and can do and will do on your behalf. You know, some of you are self-made people, you know, self-made man. Don't let that overshadow what God is in your life. Next, gratitude helps us trust the Lord when we don't understand why. There are those times when the situation is cloudy and you just don't understand why you you <laughs> you can't understand what's going on you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed you've bawled your eyes out and you still can't get an answer you just don't understand why i want you to switch the, the channel to gratitude and that will help you trust the lord when we don't understand why Although God hasn't promised to explain everything that you go through, he has promised that he will be with you in the midst of it. 
I will never leave you, he says, or forsake you. Come on. And so a grateful heart reminds us that we don't have to understand every detail of every situation. We just have to be obedient in the process. Just have to be obedient. And I know that that's hard for some of you. You know, so it, could, it was hard for me too. But a grateful heart reminds us that we don't have to understand every detail. We just have to be grateful. Next. Thanksgiving and gratitude is essential for rejoicing in the midst of suffering. You remember what he said? Rejoice always. That means in good times and bad times. Rejoice. And that means to joy again. There's no way we can rejoice always giving thanks in everything, according to what our text says, 1 Thessalonians 5.16. There's no way we can rejoice always without giving thanks. Although the pain may be so penetrating that we cannot feel joy at the moment, we can always choose to express gratitude with our lips until it becomes a reality in our hearts. God hears and understands the depth of our agony. Just as he understood Jesus' Jesus's pain when he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Matthew 27, 48, 46. Gratitude to God in difficult times, and this is important, gives your witness greater impact. When, when you're going through it and everybody knows, you're witnessing. And if you express gratitude in those difficult times, your witness is that much more powerful. Our painful experiences and grateful responses enable us to help those who are hurting in the same way. When they, when they see you going through it, and instead of cursing God, and die like like uh, Job's wife told him to do? Why don't you just curse God and, and die, Job? And Job looked at her and said, woman, are you crazy? Are you crazy, this God? You know what he's done for me? That's how I read the scripture sometimes. I just have to put it in my words, you know? And Job just said, woman, you're nuts. There's no way I can curse this God who has been so good to me. Amen. And so by sharing our struggles with others who don't understand what God is doing, by the way, we call that testimony, right? Our witness for Christ becomes so much more powerful because when you overcome, guess what? You can't take the credit. You can't take the credit. You can't take the credit. When you overcome, you have to say, he did it. He sure enough did. Amen. Amen. Next, thankfulness and gratitude and heartfelt thanks will displace anxiety in your heart. Today, the, the pharmaceutical companies are making a lot of money uh, displacing anxiety by, 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 by you know, providing, uh, uh, what I can't remember the name of it now, it just escaped me, um, not Ritalin, the other one. Um, these drugs that is supposed, they're anti-anxiety medication, right? And there's so many of them now, right? And they give them to kids. They give them to kids. Xanax. 
There you go, Mama. Xanax, right? Ativan. There, that one too, <laughs> right? Um, it God will God will displace anxiety with peace. With peace, uh, the word in the Greek for peace uh, is pronounced irini, irini, which which means to bind together. When we keep thanking the Lord in the midst of sorrow, loss, heartache, we are binding ourselves to the Lord. And the Bible says his peace will fill us when our anxiety crumbles. Another, another verse says, and his peace that passes all understanding would fill us, fill us. And this kind of peace is only available to those who have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and, and honor him as Savior and Lord. Now, uh, although anxiety may suddenly come upon us in a moment because of whatever, we don't have to stay in that state. If we keep praying and giving thanks to God, his peace, his peace will guard our hearts and minds. Paul writes to the church in Philippi, guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And here's what Paul wrote. He says, quote, in verse, in, in verse six and seven of Philippians four, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Verse seven, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Amen. And then thanksgiving and gratitude focuses our attention on God rather than on the problem. On God rather than on the circumstance. On God rather than on the difficulty. If we fix our eyes on the difficulty, the pain becomes unbearable. Peace eludes us. We become frantic and anxious. And then the situation seems hopeless. But gratitude shifts our focus to the Lord and reminds us that he's there for us. And tells us some things that we know for certain. Because we know some things, don't we? Number one, we know that we are not alone in this. Because God says, I'm here. I'm with you. I will never leave you. Never is a big word. I will never leave you or forsake you. You're not alone. God is with us. God loves us. The Lord walks with us. He promised to bring us through our tough times. Amen. And God will turn our experience with him into something profitable, often something beautiful in our lives. And when we submit completely to him, we are secured in his plan of salvation. Amen. And now finally, musicians, you can come. I'm just playing. <laughs> Gratitude energizes us physically, emotionally, and spiritually in difficult times. Pain, trouble, disappointment has a tendency of draining the life out of us. But trusting God, focusing on him, and thanking him revitalizes us. It revitalizes us. 
And the Bible says, in his presence, there's fullness of joy. It is his presence within us that renews us physically, spiritually, and emotionally so we can keep going. And that's why the writer wrote that song. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. And so I'll end with this. When adversity or suffering come into your life, ask yourself this question. Do you tend to judge God by the circumstances you're facing? Or do you judge the situation by what God has already said about you? Or what God has already said that he's going to do on your behalf? Like, like things like, I will never leave you or forsake you. Things like, my grace is enough for you. Things like, no one can snatch you out of my hand. We, we have assurances from God that if we follow in his path, if we pull onto us the salvation that God has provided, we're going to be okay. And no one can take you out of the hand of the Lord. And all we have to do is be grateful. There's a verse of scripture, I can't remember it exactly, I think it's in Matthew, where the Lord chastises his followers for not being grateful. He said that, and they weren't even grateful. I can see him making up his face like this, and they weren't even grateful. Right? So we have a responsibility to be grateful for what God has done, what God is doing. You know, you have breath in your lungs, you can see all right, you should be grateful. You have, a, you have a, a plate of food when you go home. You should be grateful. You have no broken bones. You're not living on the street. You should be grateful. Your children are not on drugs. You should be grateful. You see what I'm, you see what I'm saying? God has done so much. And oftentimes we, we, we don't really look at that. We should. Because there are just so many things, so much adversity that is around us. And if we would just take a moment to look what the Lord has done on our behalf, it would fill us with gratitude to what the Lord is doing. Amen. That's all I have tonight. Uh, I hope you were blessed by this. I hope you listening to First Church Charlotte.